What up, podcast fam? It is your professor, your chief energy officer, but most importantly, your friend, your homie, Jeremy Abramson. And I am so excited for you to hear today's show with my brother from another mother, Ben Azadi. And this is Ben's second time on the podcast because he is that unique of a mind in the health and wellness space. And I'm so grateful for this human being and I'm so grateful to share his knowledge and wisdom with you today. So as you listen to today's show, please don't just let this knowledge go in one ear and out the other. Really do your best to integrate what Ben and I speak about into your day-to-day life. Because at Thrive University, we don't believe that knowledge is power. We believe that knowledge is potential power. And it takes your actions, your behaviors, your implementation to really make an impact in your life. Okay, so before we get to the show today. I just again want to show some love for our sponsors. And I've mentioned it before. My sleep in 2020 was absolute dog shit. It was garbage. I was a little ashamed to admit that openly because after all, I am a health coach and I've helped many other people optimize their sleep. So when 2021 came along, I was like, Sleep is my top priority in terms of wellness goals. And I got the Aura Ring, and I also started taking Santa Cruz Medicinals CBD. Their deep sleep turmeric caps are fucking unreal. I've legit noticed a huge impact in my sleep, particularly my deep sleep these last six weeks. And I want to share them with you. So all you got to do, hit the link in the show notes. You can get 15% off if you just put in Coach Jeremy at checkout. I really recommend those deep sleep turmeric caps, but I also use the tinctures. Um, They have mango flavored, they have French vanilla, and it's all quality sourced ingredients. You know me at this point. You know I only fuck with the best shit. So um, sorry for the cussing, but that's just me. And now let's get to today's show, fam. Love you so much. Peace. What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host, and Professor Jeremy Abramson. And I am so excited to bring you a very, very powerful professor in his own right today. And that man is Ben Azadi. And in 2008, Ben went through a personal health transformation of shedding 80 pounds of pure fat. Yes, not 18, eight, zero. And ever since that, Ben has been on a mission to help 1 billion people live a healthier lifestyle. And that was not 1 million, that was B with a billion, all right? Ben is the author of three best-selling books, The Perfect Health Booklet, The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet, and The Power of Sleep. Ben has been the go-to source for intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet. He is known as the health detective because he investigates dysfunction, the root cause, and he educates, not 
medicates to bring your body back to normal function. And Ben is the founder of Keto Camp, a global brand bringing awareness to ancient healing strategies such as the keto diet and fasting. And if that wasn't enough, Ben is the host of the top 15 podcast, the Keto Camp podcast, and the fast-growing Keto Camp YouTube channel with over 100,000 subscribers. Ben, welcome to the show, my bro. It's round two. Uh, Jeremy, round two, brother. Good to be here with you today. Different settings, but still going to be a great fire episode. So thank you for the invitation. Yeah, man. And uh, I am so impressed by the work that you continue doing and the impact that you continue creating. And I know we spoke about this a little bit in our first round recording together, but I think it's really worth repeating is take us back to the 300 pound Benazadi. He's suicidal. He has all of these toxic thoughts going on in his mind. How the fuck did you get out of that pit of mediocrity, worse than mediocrity. Yeah, I look back and I, every time I share about it, Jeremy, I always pick up like new things about that story that I kind of forgot. But when I keep sharing it, I pick up these things. So it's really good to always share it. So thank you for asking me again. But when I look back, I'm always thinking like, was that even me? I feel like it was an entirely different body, world, mindset and not the life that I live now, because those who do come across my work now, they, they can't even believe that that's the person who I was. I was literally tiptoeing my way through life, just hoping to land safely on death's door. I had no goals. And if I did have a goal, it was to get the highest video game stats out there. And back then I was lost. I, I, I really was I had no goals of, of inspiration and I was hurting uh, and I was to the point where I was just ready to give up on life. 24 years old, just, just ready to give it up because I remember crying all the time. I remember having to call my friends just because I kept thinking these thoughts of ending my life and I needed to get somebody around me so I didn't pursue those thoughts. So I always had to surround myself with friends so they could distract me from thinking about ways to kill myself. And I, and I believe me, I went on the internet several times to look for the, the best ways to kill myself. The, you know, I would Google how to kill yourself without pain, how to kill yourself without the least amount of pain. You know, I would look at methods of killing myself. Like that's what I would do. I would spend time and energy looking for ways to end my life. But every time I did that, I would think about my mom. I would think about the devastation she would have to endure. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do that to her. So it, it really forced me to really take ownership. And that's when I started to read books. Uh, my friend Ronald and his wife, Carla, handed me the book, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and said, you know, read this. I think this will make a big difference for you. And I did read that book and it helped me understand that our the decisions we make every single day, these habits really determine our future. And those habits go from those thoughts that we think every single day to the food we put in our mouth, to the movement we do or we don't do. It's all those little thoughts and habits that we compound over time that create our future. And it really helped me understand that I could actually change small little tweaks that could lead to giant peaks in my life. So I started to exercise, I started to eat better, I started to move, I started to read more books and I became obsessed with books. I started to read many of the authors that, that you study as well, Jeremy, and you have been mentored by, you know, Tony Robbins, Earl Nightingale, Bob Proctor, Jim Rohn, Lisa Nichols, the list goes on and on and on. And it just helped me 
create an awareness that I am responsible. You know, there is not anybody else in this world that is responsible for that point that I was at in my life, being 250 pounds, not 300, Jeremy, give me some credit. I wasn't 300 yet, but 250 pounds lost in life. And, and nine months from that moment of taking ownership, I went from 250 down to 170, 34% body fat down to 6% body fat. So I finally carved out the six pack abs. But the most important thing that I carved out, carved out was that mental six pack. And I would take that over a physical six pack any day of the week. And that was back in 2008. We're now about 12 years later and I have still kept the weight off. And I've done a lot of guinea pig experiences on myself to figure out what real health is at the cellular level versus what just fat loss is for that most people are seeking. Mm -hmm. Yo, like every time you tell that story, it really just hits so hard. And I encourage everyone listening or watching right now, if you are in a dark place or you've been in a dark place in the past or you're experiencing any type of anxiety or overwhelm, think about that person in your life that loves you unconditionally and that is there for you and that supports you. And for Ben, that was his mom and his mom essentially saved his life. And I think that's such a beautiful story that we can all gain a ton of perspective from. So I appreciate you sharing that, brother. Now, you finished mentioning the importance of health at the cellular level. Can you dive a little deeper? Because you mentioned in our first interview, hey, the human has 70 trillion cells and this is really what I think separates you from so many people in this space is your attention to the cells. You're, you're really attacking health at such a root cause level. Uh, can, you, can you dive deeper into that approach? Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. If you want to get well, you got to fix the cell. My mentor, Dr. Pompa, says that all the time. And it's the truth because that's where life begins and ends, specifically what's called the cell membrane. So we'll go back to the bio, our biology class real quick. And yes, the human body has about 70 trillion cells, give or take. Some scientists say 30 trillion. Some scientists say 100 trillion. I'm saying 70. So 70 trillion cells and every cell has this lipid bilayer around it called the cell membrane. And lipid means fat, meaning yes, we're made up of fat, protein, saturated fat, and cholesterol, not carbohydrates. The human body is composed of less than 1% carbohydrates, okay? So that's why carbohydrates are not essential, but protein and fats are. And on these cell membranes that protect our cells, so I want your audience, your amazing Thrive University audience to think of your cell membranes as the bodyguard of your cells, of your DNA, mm -hmm. because inside of your cells has your DNA. You probably said it, you're, those of you watching or listening, or you probably heard it, you know, cancer runs in the family, diabetes runs in the family, uh, I'm worried that I'm gonna get it, right? People believe that their genes determine their destiny when that is not the case because we have control over those genes. 
I want your audience to think of genes as a light switch, right? I could turn on the light here that I have in front of me and I could turn off that light with a switch. Well, your cell membrane is what determines and it communicates with your DNA and it will tell your DNA to turn on a gene or turn off a bad gene. So what we wanna do is we wanna figure out how we could make these cells and the cell membrane function the way that it was designed to function because also what sits on the cell membrane are these integral membrane proteins that are also called cell receptor sites. So think of cell receptor sites as cell phone antenna signals, right? I call Jeremy, his cell phone antenna signal on his phone picks it up, he hears the message, we communicate, we have an abundant conversation, all is good. But when there is a blockage in the communication system, Jeremy is not getting the call. I'm wondering if Jeremy's okay. Jeremy's wondering if I'm okay. There's dysfunction in that communication. Our hormones, all 600 plus hormones we have in the body are sending signals to these receptor sites. The food we eat, the supplements we take, the nutrients are connecting to these receptor sites and the oxygen that we are breathing. They all connect to the receptor sites. It goes into the cells. It tells the cells, the mitochondria, which is the battery pack of your cells to produce energy, to burn fat. And it tells your DNA to turn on the good genes, the longevity genes and keep off the bad genes. This is the way we were designed to be. We were designed so miraculously. You are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master and there is no pill, there is no surgery, there is no supplement that could replace what we have within us already, which is the innate intelligence. So as long as we could identify what is interfering with this innate intelligence, what is interfering with the body's capability to heal, we identify it, we remove the interference, then the body heals, okay? So the main thing that blocks this communication system is inflammation. And we heard about inflammation all the time. I mean, there are different, there are different types of inflammation. There, yes, when you go to CrossFit and you hurt your shoulder, that is inflammation. When you sprain your ankle, that is inflammation. But when I say inflammation, I am referring to cellular membrane inflammation. When the cell membrane is inflamed, your hormones cannot communicate it's like you, Jeremy, screaming at me, but I have my fingers in my ears. I can't hear you. There's dysfunction. The job's not going to get communicated. Your hormones can't burn fat. Your hormones can't produce energy. You don't feel good. Symptoms manifest. You go to the doctor. You tell him I am overweight. I have acne. I have sleep issues. I have diabetes, whatever it is. Those are not even the problem. They are the symptom. They are far removed from the problem. And allopathic medicine will look at that as if they were the problem and they'll treat that symptom. And you might feel good short term and you might get another symptom like that whack-a-mole game at the arcade where a mole pops up a symptom, you hit that mole, you feel good, and then another mole pops up. But the question, yeah, the question we should be asking Jeremy is why are there moles in the first place? Because nobody has a weight problem. When I was obese, I didn't have a weight problem, I had a weight symptom. Cancer, is a symptom. Diabetes is a symptom. Skin issues, uh, autoimmune disease, these are all symptoms. The cause is cellular membrane, membrane inflammation. And once we remove the interference, then the body will heal. So that is the major thing there. How do you remove the interference? And we could go deep into that rabbit hole on this episode, Jeremy. Oh my goodness. That was such a clear and concise explanation of a complex idea. 
And I just appreciate the way that you break it down and you make things very easy to digest. And as always, when I'm talking with you, I have a pen and paper on hand so I can take notes because I'm a student. And I just wanna make sure everyone listening and watching right now is also really taking note of this information and implementing it into their life. So yes, I wanna, I wanna definitely talk about what is causing this interference. You know, of course our listeners are educated. They know, you know, toxic food, vegetable oil, sugar, uh, these type of things, sitting too long. Of course that is going to manifest into inflammation on a cellular level. Uh, what are some other things that maybe aren't as expected? Yeah, the, the number one cause uh, of cellular membrane inflammation is actually none of those things you mentioned. All those are bad for sure. But the number one cause of cellular membrane, membrane inflammation is actually toxins, heavy metals, mm. mercury, lead, aluminum. Um, those are actually the number one cause because what they do, toxins love fat. And I already mentioned that our cell membranes are made up of fat, lipid bilayer. And when toxins come into the body, they actually attach to the membrane and they block, they blunt the receptor sites. And now your hormones can't get in, nutrients can't get in, and then more inflammation starts to occur. So this is a problem in twofold because number one, good stuff can't get into the cells, nutrients, hormones, oxygen. Second problem is that your cells produce energy and energy is created just like if I burn firewood here in this room, smoke is produced from creating energy. Your cells produce cellular smoke. It, cr it creates toxins by producing energy. That's normal. But when you have inflammation now, now the good stuff can't get in. And then the toxins that are produced, the bad stuff can't get out. And then the mm. cells start to duplicate and you get more cells that are what are called senescent damage cells. And then we have problems that occur. So a lot of practitioners, unfortunately, aren't talking about the component of heavy metals. And I'll give you an example right here, Jeremy. The number one thing I've seen surveying thousands of people about toxicity is mercury. And the number one source is silver amalgam fillings. You know, when we get, and I had myself eight silver amalgam fillings put in when I was a child, 55% of every silver amalgam filling contains the super toxin mercury. And every time we chew food with mercury in our mouth and drink a hot cup of beverage, that mercury vaporizes, it crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it gets stored in the hypothalamus pituitary of the brain, which is the control tower of the body. It controls the hormones, the organs, the thyroid gland. When there's dysfunction upstream, there's dysfunction downstream. So if you are listening or watching this right now and you, you have silver fillings and you're freaking out, not to worry, do not freak out. There is a solution here. You wanna go and you wanna look for a biological holistic dentist in your area. And you wanna ask them if they do safe amalgam removal and you wanted to get that taken out the right way. And then once you remove the source in the mouth, you could start doing some research on getting the toxins out of the brain that gets stored there over time. Now there was a study, Jeremy, that also showed that the, uh, it was called the DRASH study. And what they did was they got, they did autopsies on babies that, that didn't make it through birth. They were either aborted or that there was something that went wrong, unfortunately. So they did autopsies on these babies, the DRASH study. And it showed, it correlated the amount of mercury, silver fillings in mom's mouth. The amount of mercury in mom's mouth was proportional to the amount of mercury found in the baby's brain when they did autopsies on them. Mm. 
So we are taking hits all over the place, not just from the silver amalgam fillings in our mouth, but if mom had metals, it goes into the baby, not to mention lead that's stored in the bone gets released to the baby. So that's the number one source of lead is mom. And it's been said that if you just remove lead from the entire society, from the world, lead, it'll take four generations before it's bred out of the body. Four generations of family it gets stored in bone and it gets passed on. So it's important to have this awareness because then we understand, oh, we have this, we're taking these hits, let's do something about it. So toxins, Jeremy, is the number one cause of cellular membrane in, in, uh, inflammation. That's insane. And, and most people, especially if you've had your wisdom teeth out, right? A lot of times that will be infused with mercury, correct? No. So if, if you had your wisdom tooth taken out, um, usually it's not mercury that they replace it with, but they, what, what, there is a problem with it. So I'm glad you brought that up. What happens is when, when you get any tooth extracted, whether it's a wisdom tooth or maybe you like chipped the tooth and they pulled it or an infected tooth, dentists, what they do is they just allow the ligament over that tooth that was there to heal. And that time that allow, they allow it to heal, it creates a cave, what's called a cavitation in the gums and these nasty anaerobic bacteria hide out in these cavitations and then they communicate with your heart with your gut and it could lead to heart disease it could lead to gut dys dysbiosis because they love to hide in there so if you've ever had a tooth extracted you got to go do what's called a 3d cone beam scan any holistic dentist or most holistic dentists should have that and it's a 3d x-ray to determine if you have a cavitation. Studies show, Jeremy, that if you've had one tooth extracted, wisdom tooth or any other tooth, there's an 88% chance that you have a cavitation, which is super scary. So that's the other problem there with tooth extractions. You gotta make sure it's extracted and healed the right way. Yeah, and this is, this is really powerful too. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but a lot of the other sources of some of these heavy metals come from water, you know, come from tap water and even drinking from plastic. Um, and a lot of these, again, I'd imagine manifest into that inflammation we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It comes from the drinking water, the water we're taking a shower with, you know, whatever goes on our skin goes in our bloodstream, especially if you take a hot shower without a shower filter, it opens up your pores, the, the heat, and then whatever trace amounts of heavy metals there there's have even found birth control pills in these in tap water that goes into our system, creating dysfunction. But it's not only that we're, we're taking so many hits. We're taking hits when we go into an Uber car and the Uber driver has all this air freshener being blasted at us. We're spraying uh, perfume and cologne all over our bodies. We're using toxic cleaning products. The goal is this. I want your audience not to be to freak out here because the human body is incredible, first of all, and it has the capability to heal. The goal is to just take less hits. When we think about the greatest athletes in the world, I mean, you have Michael Jordan behind you who's fist pumping Scottie Pippen. Is that Scottie Pippen? No, it's actually Kobe, dude, from the 1998 All-Star All Game. Oh, that is super cool. I love that. So you have two of the most influential athletes or amazing world-class athletes, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. You have Muhammad Ali. Uh, we think about Tom Brady, Dwayne Wade. They, what do they all have in common? Towards the second half of their career, they, end, they changed their game to take less hits, right? Kobe Bryant, Jordan stopped driving to the basket as much, became a jump shooter so they could add more years to their career. What we wanna do as humans is take less hits so we could add 20, 30, 50 years to our lifespan and we could feel good and look good at the same time. 
I fucking love that. If we could adopt the mindset of a high performing athlete and put some of those practices into place, that'll be really powerful and profound. And for everyone listening, I definitely encourage you to check out ewg.org and they are like the lead organization of really informing and educating about toxins in your toothpaste, your mouthwash, your deodorant. So you can really gain a better understanding of the products you're currently using, the levels of toxicity, and then some ways to elevate your awareness and consciousness, you know, around the house and what you're putting onto your body, like you mentioned. Yeah, great tip. Absolutely. I agree. 20, Ben, I think it's 20, it's 28 seconds. The amount of time it takes something you put on your skin to absorb into your bloodstream. And, you know, especially in a place like Miami and California, we're told like, put on all of this sunblock, put mm. on this tanning oil, put on this perfume or deodorant. And oftentimes that is actually our worst enemy. And that's why I'm so glad to have you here, bro, because you really shine a light on so many of these areas that aren't being brought to our attention. Now, when we spoke last time, we talked a little bit about EMFs and we talked specifically about, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, we talked specifically, <laughs> we talked specifically about AirPods and I was using these every day and you brought awareness to me that I probably shouldn't be. And you can see I've made the switch, but I think it also might be worth mentioning and talking about the impact that putting these little AirPods in our ears has. Yeah, first of all, I acknowledge you for making the switch. You are an action taker and you know I, I respect that. So good job, kudos to you. Um, yeah, EMFs. EMFs are electromagnetic fields, and they are caused from Wi-Fi, 5G, Bluetooth. There's no really escaping EMFs because you'd have to live in the middle of the woods just to get away from it. Even if you do live in the middle of the woods, you might get some EMFs from satellites. I'm not sure. But mm. EMFs are everywhere. And going back to the point I was making about taking less hits, this is a big hit. A lot of people are taking nowadays with AirPods because AirPods are very popular. They're very convenient. They look cool and they, they sound great. I even had a pair of AirPods too, Jeremy. I know that you know that until I came across some of the research showing that these AirPods that Jeremy's holding here could actually create some cellular damage, right? We talked about cells. Um, this is brain cells specifically. Um, my mentor, Dr. Daniel Pampa, did an experiment with an EMF meter, a very uh, one of the good meters that actually are, are more accurate. And his son kept coming over, Dr. Pampa's son, kept coming over his house with these AirPods. And, you know, Dr. Pampa being the scientist and he knew that these things are bad. He wasn't sure how bad they were. So he's like, hey, you know, I want to do a test here. We'll do a let's do a, a Facebook live and let's see what that those AirPods are scoring on this EMF meter, right? So those AirPods, he put them in uh, Dr. Pompa's son's friend, and then he was, Dr. Pompa tested those, those uh, AirPods. Now the studies show, science shows that anything that, show, that, that is shown on that meter at 0.5 or higher, starts to cre create some cellular damage, some inflammation in that area. And they put the meter to his ears, 
He's listening to music. He got a phone call and it went over 8.0. Sometimes it went over 10 and even higher than that. And it kind of fluctuated back and forth. Now, let me repeat that. 0.5 is when you start to create cellular damage. It went over 8 and 10 when he had those AirPods in his ears. And think about it, how close they were. Exactly, Jeremy, close to the ears, right to the brain. Mm. It's creating a lot of issues there. So when I found out about that, I immediately stopped using my AirPods. I went back to the old school Apple wired headsets and I see you did the same too. So when we get this information, we have an option, right? We could either go and take action with it because we see the truth or we could uh, avoid that. But then at the end of the day, we're ending up hurting ourselves and hurting ourselves, especially the brain cells, which is not good. Mm. Is there, like you mentioned, it's, it's damn near impossible to escape EMFs. And, and let's be honest, you know, 5G, Wi-Fi, all of these things allow us to access so much informa information and do what we're doing right now. So are there maybe a couple things that we can do on a consistent basis that wouldn't really strip away so much enjoyment from our lives? Yeah, great question, because there there should be a balance, right, Jeremy? You, you, you want to live longer, of course, but you also want to have a quality of life and, and feel good and enjoy yourself. So there should be health span, there should be lifespan, and we should mesh it together. So yeah, I mean, there's a few things we can do. We could ground ourselves every single day, walk barefoot on either grass, dirt, sand, just walk barefoot on Mother Earth, because what happens is when you ground yourself and you're walking barefoot on Earth, the earth is very electrically charged. It's, it's struck by lightning thousands of times every single second. And when you step on earth, it's actually discharging a lot of this buildup in your body from EMFs and from other mm -hmm. things. So it's, a, it's like taking a handful of antioxidants. So I recommend doing some grounding of what's the proper dosage, maybe 30 minutes twice per day is a, is a good bare minimum. Take off your shoes, ground. We are wearing sneakers with rubber soles and it's blocking this this process. So grounding is one thing you can do. You could also turn off your Wi-Fi when you're going to bed at night. That's something I do. What's the use of keeping your router on with the, with the Wi-Fi blasting you while you're sleeping? Don't put your phone to your head, put it on speakerphone or use a, a headset. Don't put it in your pocket. I don't know if I shared this on the last episode with you, Jeremy, but Dave Asprey, right? Who's the Bulletproof uh, executive. He was sharing with me that he used to put his phone, his cell phone in his hip pocket for <laughs> for years and then he did a bone density scan and he had 10% less bone density in the area where he would store his phone in without putting it on airplane mode. So he immediately mm -hmm. would always put it on airplane mode. I do the same thing. Think about that, that's crazy. It was eating away at his bone just by putting his phone in his pocket. A lot of women put their phone in, in their bra. Uh, so always put it on airplane mode. It, it, the, the issue is distance. So if the closer it is, the worse, and then time spent there. Uh, and then lastly, to help protect you, you could also take some ingredients, quercetin, magnesium. These are protective at, at the cellular level. I do take a supplement and I could share with you the link um, when we're done here uh, called the EMF Shield, which I take two caps twice a day that helps protect me from EMFs at the cellular level. And that's a good, a good thing to take, especially if you're traveling as well. Oh yeah, bro. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, grounding is grounding is a game changer. Uh, what was the thing you mentioned? You mentioned um, right before, before the EMF shield. What was the thing you mentioned before that? Do you remember? 
quercetin, magnesium. I mentioned uh, turning off your router. After that and before the magnesium. Uh, what did I share? Well, rubber soles, grounding. <laughs> I was being a bad student and I like, I was like taking, I, I wrote something down and it stole away from the present moment. Yeah. And you said something. Yeah, no, you said something really valuable. I mean, all of that stuff is powerful and stuff that we can take action on now and just small doses create that momentum and cultivate that confidence in our lives so we can continue making these changes. Uh, I'm curious to know, because you have how many people now in your keto camp community that in your coaching community? I have about 500 in there. Wow. That's so beautiful, brother. Guys, Ben has an incredible community where he really helps people with some of these principles that we're talking about and that we're going to continue talking about today and helping them break through in their health journey. And if maybe you could share, Ben, you know, one of the things, again, that separates you, or in my opinion, that separates you is you're not so dogmatic about like keto, keto, keto. And, you know, you understand that life is a balancing act and sometimes it does require getting creative. Can you tell our listeners about keto flexing and the whole idea about that? Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that, Jeremy. Was it about Dave Asprey, by the way, that you were remembering? Yes. Okay. So, so before, yes. So exactly it was. So you mentioned that having his phone in his hip pocket over a certain length of time decreased his bone density on that side by 10%. I'm curious to know also what the impact on his sperm production, right? Because that's not good to have your pocket constantly near your junk. And another thing that's common is I'll see people, especially during quarantine, putting their laptop on their nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, like, don't you want to have a family? What are you doing? It's that, it's that, but that's the key, like the awareness. Not a lot of people have that awareness, but once you know, it's like you, you, you should do better because you're right. That's, you don't want that right next to your, your junk. You don't want for your male or female. It's important not to do that and, and have a, a safe dif- distance away from any of those electronics. What up, podcast fam? I'm sorry to interrupt today's show, but I am super excited because I am finally accepting new applications for my 12-week one-on-one coaching program. In this program, we are going to take your health, your habits, your happiness to the next level. And guess what? You're going to have my personal number. I'm going to be holding you accountable every step of the way, calling you out on your shit, but also showing you the love that you need and deserve. So if this sounds like something that you want to step into, then I encourage you to DM me the word thrive at coach Jeremy 305 on Instagram. DM me the word thrive on Instagram if and only if you are ready to unleash your full potential in 2021. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's dive a little deeper into keto flexing. 
Yeah. Keto flexing is, I love talking about it. I'm actually writing a brand new book called Keto Flex and it's about 85% done. It should be available in the next couple of months. And it goes into the, my four pillars. Thank you, Jeremy. My four pillars of keto flexing. So what is keto flexing? We know that every single one of our ancestors did ketosis. All right. A lot of people are, are shocked by that because keto is not a diet. Keto is a metabolic process that has been around since humans have existed. So no, it's not a fad, it's a fact. When somebody tells you it's gonna go away soon, well, it's been, away for, it's been around for 2.5 million years, it's not going away anytime soon. So we know that every single one of our ancestors did keto because their environment determined whether or not they were going into ketosis or getting out of ketosis. Now, that's where keto flexing comes into play because I believe keto and ketosis could be so healing to your body. Remember I shared the cell membrane is made up of fat. When we give our body quality fat, this communication process, this orchestra, if you will, in the body functions so beautifully with healthy fats, lower carbohydrates, getting into ketosis. It turns your brain right on. Very important to function at a high level. But also we don't want to stay in ketosis long-term because our ancestors didn't do that either. If they came across a fruit tree or honey, they would feast on that. And we are genetically hardwired for these cycles of keto flexing. So what I teach is my four pillar approach and I go into detail and I teach it in detail in my Keto Camp Academy, but I'm gonna give the general rules in this brand new book. Number one, the first pillar is the adapt pillar, getting fat adapted, teaching your body to burn fat instead of sugar. On the first episode that we did, I went into detail on the difference between fat and versus sugar. So go watch that or listen to that. I'm sure Jeremy's gonna put it in the notes. The second pillar is the the fast. (laughs) You're welcome. The second pillar is the fast pillar. We start doing intermittent fasting because our cells are also hardwired for feast famine cycles. So we do different variations of fasting. Fasting can be so healing to the body. You get this process called autophagy where your cells repair and regenerate, but you got to do it the right way because it's a powerful tool. So you got to know what you're doing. So that's the second pillar. And then we transition into the third pillar, which is called phase. This is phasing out all carbohydrates 100%. And you're actually doing 30 days of a carnivore diet. And a carnivore diet formulated the right way can be very, very healing. If you want, we, I could share a little bit later on my 40-day carnivore experience. But we, fill, we phase out all carbohydrates and it forces the metabolism to burn fat and only fat. And it's, a, it's an adaptation to your cells. And anytime you create adaptation, good cells get stronger, bad cells don't adapt. So the mitochondria that you have that are doing a good job, they do a better job. The mitochondria that you have that are not doing a good job, your body gets rid of them when you force adaptation. Mm. Now, this is a three-month approach. Then you have unlocked the badge to practice keto flexing. That's where you intentionally have one day, sometimes two day, depending on where you're at with your goals, but one or two days per week where you flex out of ketosis. And if you've done it the right way, the way that I'm teaching you, you should be able to go right back into ketosis within 24 hours without a hiccup. That's true metabolic freedom, true metabolic flexibility. And I believe that's true health right there. And if you could master those four pillars and master keto flexing, you could have your keto cake and you could eat it too. Hey, let's go. So we got we got the first step, adapt. Uh, we have number two, which is start that intermittent fasting process, which 
we've been doing for millions of years, as you mentioned. Uh, then we start to phase out all carbohydrates and go into the car carnivore diet, which I definitely want to talk a little bit more about. And then flex is when we're starting to really, again, achieve that flexibility and we can introduce some of these things back into our life and see how our body responds. You nailed it. You're a good student. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, okay, let's, let, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, as much as I love my vegan friends, it's also fun to trigger them a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about your 40-day carnivore experience. Yeah, and I, I have vegan friends as well, and I respect the vegan community. So carnivore was something that I've been studying for a couple of years. I've interviewed uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, and I've read a few research on it. I've read a lot of anecdotal research, meaning, you know, somebody said they did this, they got those benefits, but not long-term research. So I saw the benefits, heard all these amazing stories, and I wanted to share it with my community, my Keto Camp Academy members. Before I share anything to them, I got to do it myself and I got to live it to lead it. So I said, all right, this past summer, I'm going to do 30 days of carnivore. I'm going to eat nothing but meat, saturated fat, cholesterol for 30 days. And then I'm going to first do blood work on day one, a whole comprehensive lab panel, $3,500 lab panel I did on day one. And then I did 30 days of carnivore. Now I took it to 40 days just because I wanted to make sure I retested the same lab panel before I was done to compare. And the lab was not open for 10 days. So I extended it to 40 days. In those 40 days, I lost body fat. My skin looked much, much better. Uh, my sleep improved. I verified that with my readiness score, my aura score. One of the most important things that happened for me, Jeremy, was my autoimmune. I have Raynaud syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease that I got from years of, you know, standard American diet toxicity. And for me, that shows up as usually really cold fingers that if I, you know, if I was grabbing like a can that was iced, my fingers could turn white, no blood flow getting here. And it really hurts. And mm -hmm. then the opposite would happen when I would eat a meal my hands would get really hot and inflamed to the point where I, you know, my fingers would swell up. I would have to remove my ring, uh, put it on a different finger in order to feel comfortable, grab some ice, put an ice pack before bed. So I was getting these flare ups and I wanted to know what carnivore would do for my autoimmune disease. Cause I heard a lot of great stories about what it did for other people's autoimmune disease. So going into carnivore, I would get a flare up every single day. I would get sometimes a small flare up, sometimes a big flare up. Out of the 40 days that I did carnivore, I had two small flare-ups the entire time, okay? I shut off that autoimmune gene, going back to the genes, and then I reviewed the lab work on day one versus day 40, and I actually have an entire video on my YouTube channel where I actually show you my lab work, so, you know, I'm not faking it here. You can go watch my actual lab work. I put it on the screen, youtube.com slash ketocamp, camp with the K. So here are the major things that happened with my lab work. One of the markers that I did, well, I did several inflammatory markers. I did my A1C drop the point. I did a fasting insulin that went down, but I also did a marker called homocysteine, which is a, a inflammatory marker of the blood vessels in your heart and your brain. And then I did a marker called high sensitivity C-reactive protein. Now high sensitivity C-reactive protein is a very important marker because it even says there on the, on the lab report, this assesses your risk of a cardiovascular event, a heart attack, a stroke, heart disease, which is the number one killer in the US, even over cancer. So 
we've been told, Jeremy, a lot of vegans say it to this day, is you're going to eat all that saturated fat, you're going to clog your arteries, you're going to, you're going to increase your risk of a cardiovascular event. Well, let's see what happened with my lab work. On day one, I had my C-reactive protein was 1.1, which is really good right from the start. 1.1 is really good. If you could keep it below one, even better. But on day one, it was already good. After 40 days of eating nothing but saturated fat and cholesterol animal products, it dropped down to 0.5. Okay. I essentially, looking at this marker, reduced my risk of a cardiovascular event by more than 50% by eating nothing but animal foods and cholesterol for 40 days. All of my inflammatory markers dropped. I felt better. I looked better. My sleep was better. Everything improved for me. So this flies in the face of conventional wisdom that says red meat's going to kill you. Red meat's going to do that. There is a caveat though, because I did it the right way. I had grass-fed beef. I had wild-caught fish. I ate quality meats and animal products. They were sustainable. They were treated the right way. They were not tortured animals. They were not cage animals. Now, if you do carnivore that way, not only are you contributing to these animals that are tortured, but you're also going to increase inflammation, not decrease it. So I also in incorporated organ meats, which is very important on carnivore, because if you just eat too much muscle meat, it creates an imbalance of two amino acids, one of them being methionine and glycine. When you have too much methionine by eating too much muscle meat and not mm -hmm. enough organ meat, it actually could lead to a, a shorter lifespan study show. But when you eat the organ meats, it balances that out. So I had plenty of organ meat, I supplemented with it, and uh, a result was the proof was in the pudding. My lab work showed it and my, my, the way I felt showed it as well. Dude, that's insane. And I think that is going to blow a lot of people's minds. Uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned a couple of things that I wanna to touch on. So uh, in, regards to, in regards to just that 40 day experience, my guess is that carnivore, uh, for me, like, I just, I like meat, but like, it would be very challenging. It seems like to sustain that for that length of time. Do you think carnivore is something that is sustainable in the long term, or is that more of like a short-term reset? Great question. Uh, it's a tool, short-term tool. Uh, it's a tool in the toolbox. Now I'll go revisit it. Cause I get this question asked all the time, Ben, if you felt so good, why don't you keep doing it? Well, we're not hardwired that way. We're not designed to eat the same diet long-term, whether it's keto, vegan, carnivore, but it's a tool in the toolbox. So now I just throw it in for seven days, for 14 days. Um, so I don't think it's sustainable long-term. Your genetics will determine how long it'll take before you start to get sick when you stick to the same foods long-term. So it's great though, for somebody who has autoimmune disease. I mean, if you have an autoimmune disease, it's very, very rampant. So if you have autoimmune disease, whether it's Hashimoto's, psoriasis, eczema, um, there's, there's so many out there. MS, I mean, this could be a great tool for you to use. Of course, speak with your doctor, know what you're doing, but it's a great short-term tool, just like keto is, just like all these other diets out there. All right, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, and dude, I recently got the Aura Ring myself. Nice. Yeah, brother. And something that's been very interesting for me that's come up is 2020 has been a year where I've grown a lot. I've made a lot of, a lot of my vision has come to reality and I'm really proud of myself for some of the things that I'm creating. Uh, however, one of the things that I am hyper aware of is my sleep this past year has just been very inconsistent. And 
I have good sleep hygiene practices, my blue light blocking glasses. I disconnect from screens and technology like an hour before I get into bed. I do a couple breathing exercises before to calm my nervous system. Uh, and what I've noticed since getting the aura ring is that my deep sleep, which they say ideally is, you know, 25 to 30% of your total sleep, which is where your body does a lot of its, where your, where your, your, your brain converts a lot of those days, moments and experiences into long-term memories. So your quality of deep sleep is very important for mental cognition and memory. However, my REM sleep, uh, my dream sleep, if you want to call it, is awful. Uh, it's terrible. Like the, I think I was reading on Whoops website, which is another wearable that yeah. ideally you would get about an hour and a half of REM considering you're sleeping between seven to eight hours a night. And I'm getting about 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's extremely low and I'm, I'm kind of, in that detective mode that you encourage, uh, I'm really practicing that and discovering like, what are some things that I can do? So I selfishly want to ask you, what are some things that maybe I can do to improve that? And then if you also want to take a moment to talk about, you know, the different sleep cycles, uh, whatever you want to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you got the ring and it's, it's so cool to see that data, right? Cause now you could, you could do something about it before you were kind of just guessing and you weren't sure how much REM sleep you were getting. So yeah, deep sleep is important. REM sleep is also important. Now REM sleep is actually where you do most of that short-term processing memory to long-term memory. It's REM. Mm. Deep sleep is more where your brain actually shrinks in size and then you activate what's called the glymphatic system. And then you have this fluid kind of like a dishwasher fluid, if you could imagine it, going just flushing over your brain and flushing out toxins. So it gets rid of toxins. It also, your fat burning hormones are activated. You start building muscle. So deep sleep is very important. I get about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of deep sleep per night. Typically, most of the time, if not all the time, you're going to get most of your deep sleep within the first four hours of being asleep. So you probably see that on your aura ring. That's called money time sleep window, by the way. Somewhere between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., uh, it's been said in regards to deep sleep between the time frame of 2 p.m. and, excuse me, of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., every hour of sleep within this window is equivalent to two hours of sleep outside of this window when it comes to deep sleep. That's why if you could get to bed earlier, for most people, the better, so you get more of this deep sleep. Now, the second half is typically where you're getting mostly of your REM sleep and you're going back to light, going back and forth. 30 minutes is too low, and that will affect your ability to memorize things. It'll, it'll, you know, your memory, your me mental cognition, it'll affect that. So what are some things that Jeremy can do when he was sharing that? I was thinking about a few things. How cold is your bedroom at night? Um, so since moving to California, we don't really use uh like you know in miami of course there's ac right and you can control that like 68 that's what i was using before in california there's not really an indicator but it does get chilly in in, in the bedroom i don't think that is necessarily the issue um and i do 
if I do, if I want to get like some nice cold, fresh air, I'll crack the window. Okay. Does it on your aura ring? Maybe you could check now. What does it say in your readiness score with your body temperature? Does it typically show your body temperature increases with the plus or does it decrease with the minus? I'll look at my, that's in the yeah, show. That'll, that'll be good to look at. Yeah. So my readiness, I'll just tell you from today was, was 74 and the body temperature dropped 0.3 degrees Celsius. What about the day before? Like what's, what's the average for you? Is it typically dropping or typically rising? It is. The other days before that were an increase of 0.1 degrees Celsius. Um, it, it seems to be very much so in that range of negative two okay. to positive two. Point two, okay. sorry. So, I mean, studies show 62 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit is where you could get good deep sleep. Your issue right now is not necessarily deep sleep, it's the REM sleep. I remember Dave Asprey, going back to the good old Dave, I remember him sharing about taking um, lion's mane mushrooms right up your alley, right before bed. And I think he said it either doubled or tripled his REM sleep. So have you tried, tried that just straight up lion's mane mushroom before bed? So I take, I take my mushrooms, my ultimate shrooms every morning, uh, but I haven't, I haven't tried implementing that before bed. I, I do take like this really high quality CBD sometimes that, that helps, uh, but still can't crack this REM code. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if you take it before bed. Um, if it, if it helps with the, with the deep, with the REM sleep, excuse me, you could also, sometimes people wear socks at night and it actually helps their body get uh, better, more REM sleep. So you could wear some socks. That's an easy little hack. There's something called a chili pad, which you could put on your bed, but it seems, it sounds like you're, it's not really a, a temperature issue with you. You could take, um, let's see, well, CBD, you could do banana tea. You could try some banana tea. Have I told you about that before? No. So banana tea is something I learned from my, Dr. Michael Bruce, who's America's sleep doctor. And what you do is you just grab a whole banana, you leave the peel on the banana. And what you want to do is you want to just uh, cut off the ends, leaving the peel on, just cutting off the ends. And then you boil that banana, organic banana with water until the peel starts to brown. The peel actually has more micronutrients like potassium and magnesium than the banana itself that seeps into the water. And then you could actually drink that as a tea. You could throw in like a bag of your, you could put your mushrooms in there. You could put chamomile tea, but it's like nature's NyQuil and that might help with the REM sleep. These are all little things that I want you to do so I could actually get feedback and see if any of it worked. Banana tea. I, I haven't yeah. tried that. I think I am going to get a tincture of lion's mane and, and see how that influences it. I appreciate you, bro. Like you really are the health detective. If this, if this conversation uh, hasn't convinced you, the listener, to be more curious and be more exploratory. And really, like Ben mentioned, take ownership of your health. Stop leaving it to other people. And, and I'm just so grateful for you, bro, because I know I can always hit you up with the most random question. And chances are you're going to have a good solution. If you don't, you'll know somebody who does. You'll know of a resource. You'll know of a study. And I just appreciate your commitment and dedication to this work. 
Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. That, that really is oxygen to my soul. I thank you so much for, for saying that. Yeah. And I know both of us are all about spreading love, spreading positivity, spreading inspiration. And, you know, the carnivore situation uh, is just sharing a new perspective that people are probably unfamiliar with. And I'm sure one or two or 12 people got triggered by it and is like, no, that's terrible. You're killing the planet. You're killing the environment. We just ask that you keep an open mind. And the reason I'm saying this is because the next topic I want to talk about with you is also going to trigger some people. Uh, and that is masks. Mm. Right now, as you know, uh, this is a very highly talked about, discussed, politicized topic. And especially since moving to California, you know, every time I go outside on the nature trail that I go to three days a week to go on my run, I get, I don't want to say I get yelled at, but I get sternly told or asked, where is your mask? And I'm running in nature. And I don't get too triggered. I just am aware like, oh my goodness, this is real. Like people are so frightened. They actually think that if I run past them without a mask, they're going to get the virus. And it's gotten to a point where I think we really need to provide some clarity. Yeah, Jeremy, thank you for bringing this up because it's it's an important topic, but it, it does trigger a lot of people. And, and this conversation is not a political conversation. This is a conversation about health and freedom. And I have very strong views on, on the mask. You know, thankfully, I do live in Florida where it's not as restrictive as California. Even so, in my neighborhood here, when I don't wear a mask, walking my dog you know, with nobody next to me, I do get those looks as well. Let's first understand that the mask has not been proven to stop a particle as size as small as a virus. A mask is usually worn for bacteria. That's why surgeons wear it so they don't infect the area. Now let's 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 outweigh the the pros versus the cons. The pros of wearing a mask is that it might give you a placebo effect that you are protecting yourself, you're protecting other people. Some people feel like they're they're patriotic when they wear a mask. They feel like it's the civil duty. I get that. And I respect you if you want to wear a mask. I would never get on your case if you choose to do so. Now, the cons of wearing a mask, you are suppressing your breathing. And we know that anytime you suppress your breathing, you get a cortisol response. Okay. Cortisol is a stress hormone. Not the bad guy. It actually gives you energy to fight a lion or, you know, get through traffic, whatever you want to use it for, a workout. But when you are wearing a mask for an extended period of time, you are raising cortisol throughout. And one of the easiest ways, the most effective ways to weaken your immune system is to raise cortisol for a, a lengthy period of time. For example, when you look at a, a, a surgery that takes place of kidney transplants, right? A kidney transplant patient that is about to get a new kidney. The surgeon that is performing this surgery will inject the patient with stress hormones, cortisol being one of them, so it could wipe out the immune system so the body could accept this foreign object, which is the new kidney. That's what stress is doing to the immune system. When we are wearing that, we are creating stress. We are suppressing the immune system. That's a con. That's a big con. 
Secondly, we should have the freedom to choose whether or not we want to wear a mask. As long as you are social distancing, you're protecting yourself. Here's who should wear a mask. Those who are actually sick. Because there was, we were talking about this offline. There was a recent study. It's the most comprehensive study to date that just came out a few weeks ago that has proven that it is impossible to spread the coronavirus or any virus if you are asymptomatic, meaning you're not expressing any symptoms, you're not sick. If you don't have any symptoms, you cannot spread the virus, okay? I'm gonna read directly from the study. I'll share it with you, Jeremy, so you can put it in the notes. Here's what it said. Uh, stringent COVID-19 control measures were imposed in Wuhan between January 23rd and April 8th of 2020. Estimates of the prevalence of infection following the release of restrictions could inform post-lockdown pandemic management. Here, we describe a citywide SARS-CoV-2 nucleic acid screening between the time period of May 14th and June 1st, 2020 in Wuhan. All city residents aged six years or older were eligible and 9,000, excuse me, 9,899,822 participated, okay? <laughs> no new symptomatic cases and 300 asymptomatic cases were identified. Here's the biggest part of the study. There were no positive tests amongst 1,174 close contacts of asymptomatic cases, meaning nobody spread the virus unless they had a symptom. So if I'm healthy, why should I suppress my immune system by putting on a mask? If I'm healthy, I'm not gonna spread the virus. If you're healthy, you're not gonna spread the virus. Now, if you're older the age of 70, if you're immune compromised, you need to be cautious. You gotta stay home. You gotta get your food delivered to you, build up the immune system. Find, that's what the mainstream media should be talking about. That's what gov our government should be talking about. Not when's the next vaccine, when's the next shot, but what can we do nutritionally to support the immune system? So that's it, Jeremy. That's where I stand with it. I know we triggered a lot of people, but I hope that they understand that we're being respectful here. 100%. I appreciate you sharing that. And we will link that in the show notes. Um, yeah. And like you said, I think it's kind of asinine that this entire time, and I don't consume the news at all, really. And I know you're not a huge watcher of television. However, in the times that I have consumed any media, it has been 100% fear-based. It's to get a response from the amygdala and to heighten our fear response and to keep our eyes glued to the TV rather than actually doing shit and taking action at improving our health. And it seems like this would be the most opportune time in our world's history when health is being put on a pedestal. And it's just mind blowing brother that this isn't being talked about more. And that's why you, myself, need to continue just radiating this message. So I appreciate your work. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, well said. The, the mainstream media is the enemy of the people. You know, the first step to overcoming coronavirus is to throw out your TV. Honestly, like don't watch the mainstream news. It'll, it'll stress you out, especially when you watch it right before bed and you implant all that into your subconscious mind. You're going to manifest more of that 
fear and fear is the true enemy. Okay. Fear will wipe out the immune system. Faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something that you cannot see. Why not choose faith? Uh, and I got to tell you when I, I don't really talk a lot about the mask, but the reason I don't, Jeremy, is because it triggers a lot of people who follow my work for keto and fasting, and it just turns them off where they're like, oh, I'm unfollowing you. I hate you. How could you do that? And then I can't help them anymore, and I don't like that, right? So I will answer the question when you ask it to me, and I'll give you my honest response, but I'll post, like this past weekend, I was in Gulfstream Park with my girlfriend, and we had dinner with a couple friends or four friends posted photos and somebody posted on the comments there, where are your masks? I hope you're doing your civil duty. You know, I hope you're doing what's right for the country. It's like, they're so misinformed. And, and I send love to that person. I don't have any hate for them. They believe that's the right thing to say. But the reason they believe it is because they're watching CNN. They're watching constant negative news, which is what CNN stands for. So the moment you under, I come from a different premise. The body has the capability to heal. And actually, one of the best things I can do for my health right now, Jeremy, is to get the coronavirus because my immune system will be stronger as a result. That's the way we were designed to be. Viruses have been around since humans have existed. So I come from a different premise. I know the body's incredible. I am so unselfish that I take care of my health so I am not spreading anything to somebody else. Mm, nicely said. And you're always coming in hot with those acronyms, CNN, constant negative news. I'm definitely gonna create some sort of content around that. So thank you for triggering that idea. And Ben, like before we get into rapid fire, I know we've been rapping for a minute. Um, is there anything else that's really on your mind that we didn't get to that you really wanna to touch on? Um, you know, we talked a lot about thoughts in our last episode and it's always important to, to say it all the time because our thoughts do determine our future before our actions. It's those thoughts. And it's, and it's tricky because it's a lot of thoughts per day. So, you know, if your audience could get just really aware of when they feel triggered, when they feel fear, when they have self-limiting beliefs. And as long as you could close the gap between when you experience that and when you change and shift to a positive thought, the better you can get at that, all areas of your life will improve, not just health, your relationships, your finances, you're going to feel happier as a result. So thoughts are the greatest power that we have. And I just want your audience to be aware of that and be very intentional with those, those thoughts. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but we're, we're getting into the, the new year here, 2021. And I always go into the new year, mapping out what I want it to look like, right? I'll create my goals and I'll write those goals as if they're already accomplished. I'm, I'm feeling what it would feel like they're accomplished. I know you know a lot about this. You talk about this. You study Dr. Joe's work. We want to experience that and activate that reticular activation system for the things we want in life, for the health, for the finances, for all those six pillars that you talk about at Thrive University. So let's go into the year with that. And it starts with those 60,000 daily thoughts. For sure. Yeah. And... I think that's so important just to cultivate that level of awareness about what are those thoughts that you're having? What are the repetitive ones that keep coming up and keep showing up in your life? And then, like you mentioned, really visualizing what that's going to look like for you in 2021. And, and when you read these things out and you speak them, you, you must read them with emotion, with passion, because if you're just reading it silently, 
then your subconscious mind isn't actually going to indoctrinate it as part of its program because you don't actually have that belief. So when you're talking about your goals, when you're speaking about your vision, speak it with fucking passion. Like, let's go. I'm going to hit 500K in revenue from coaching in 2021. This podcast is going to get 3 million downloads in 2021. Ben and I are going to co-create an unbelievable product and coaching item together. The world's going to blow up and we're going to reach 1 billion people. Let's go. Let's go, Jeremy. I'm with you 100%, man. I love it. You are the epitome of feeling it and having the energy, brother. Let's do it, man. Let's go. Hell yeah. That got, that got me fired up. All right. Yeah, so, so, so Ben, uh, because it's Thrive University and we've especially, I mean, you've provided so many value bombs, so much knowledge and wisdom for everyone listening right now. What is one thing that you wish you would have learned in school growing up? Mm. Well, instead of teaching us about parallelograms, they should have taught us <laughs> about our environment and how you become your environment, right, Jeremy? The what's the quote that I shared? When you hang around dogs, you're going to catch fleas, right? <laughs> so, when we're in school, it's important to be very selective when you're younger with who you choose to surround yourself with. There's a story about crabs in a bucket, where you could put 20 crabs in a bucket without a lid, leave those 20 crabs in that bucket overnight, come back the next morning, guess what? All 20 crabs will be in that bucket. You might be thinking, why didn't the crabs escape? Why wouldn't they break for freedom? Well, they tried. And anytime a crab tried to escape, the other crabs in that bucket will claw at it, drag it back down, did not let any crab escape. These are crabs in the bucket, right? So who are the crabs in your life? Let's grab a piece of paper on the right side, write down who are people who are not supporting you, who are people that you feel drained after a conversation on the opposite side, write down people who are supporting you. Like Jeremy is a charger in my life. Jeremy is a supporter. He's got amazing energy. I always feel good when I talk to Jeremy. I always feel good when I'm finished speaking with Jeremy. I know Jeremy is somebody I should be around and be around often. Now on the flip side of that, I could go to dinner with somebody and they could be talking about, um, I don't know, how they're struggling so bad and all their problems and how this is the worst year ever. And I'm like drained as a result. Well, I, I'm not going to want to spend more time with that person because they're dragging me down. This goes down to our childhood. When we're children in grade school, if we could master this, then we're going to master this for the rest of our lives. We're going to change our future. So the first thing I would say to put into the school system is the thoughts. I already said that. So the second thing is to master your environment, to make sure you are selective with who you choose to be around and you will change your life forever. You will land in the zip code of greatness and you'll have people to support you along the way and people to hold you accountable and people to make sure that you never rest on your laurels, which is very important. Hell yeah, brother. And I think as we are in a new year, 2021, when this show comes out, um, I think it's so important. And we spoke about this our first time is really taking that audit on your relationships. Like who are you spending time with? And maybe you're not spending physical time, but maybe it's an hour, you know, at 2 a.m. of FaceTime. And I hope if you're FaceTiming someone at 2 a.m., like that person matters and they're supportive and they align with your values. But if not, like, hey, you know, you're you're sacrificing some of that magic sleep 
then talked about to talk to this person that isn't really bringing value to your life. So um, I love that advice. I love that lesson. And if you could leave the listeners with three pieces of advice for them to thrive in this new year, what would those be? Three pieces of advice to thrive in 2021. Number one will be to develop a practice of being intentional with your activity right before bed and your activity in the morning. This is still one tip here because we spoke about it. The subconscious mind is very impressionable right before bed and when you wake up in the morning. So protect that time, the hour before bed, the hour after waking up, have a routine. Here's what I do. And maybe you could adopt something similar. I write down my gratitude. So at night, I'll write down 10 things that happened during the day that I'm grateful for. I'm going to write down tonight. I'm grateful that I was able to go on Jeremy's podcast, Thrive University for the second time and have a fantastic conversation that I know is going to reach the lives of so many people. And I'm going to write down that I was able to work out on my rooftop. I was able to go for two outside walks with my dog. I was able to eat dinner with my girlfriend. We're going to make dinner soon. So I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And then I write, and then I read my burning desire statement from the book, Think and Grow Rich, which is my goals. And then I actually write those goals out. So I do this every single night before bed. I do this in the morning when I wake up. I haven't missed a single day in over four years. And it's no coincidence that my life is improving every single day, every single year as a result. That's the first tip. The second tip is to identify areas in your life that is creating interference. Maybe it's the toxicity. Maybe it's the vegetable oils. Maybe it's the wrong people in your life. Maybe you're not active enough. So find that one thing that's giving you the biggest hit and then eliminate it, right? So identify, eliminate. And then number three is going to be go big. I believe too many people set small goals and they hit it, but they don't stretch themselves enough. Too many people mm. are the extras in their own movie. When in reality, you are the movie star, you are the director, you are the entire production. So they sell themselves short. So whatever goal you have for 2021, a hundred exit. And it's not about hitting that goal. It's about who you have to become, the relationships you have to create, the people you help along the way of hitting that goal. So stretch yourself. Fly, uh, paint the plane while it's flying through the sky. Throw your hat over the fence. Go get that hat. I mean, I can give you all these little analogies here. Jump off the cliff and develop wings along the way. What I'm saying here is that set a goal that scares the crap out of you. When you do that, it's going to be wild enough and thought-provoking enough and strong enough for when life punches you in the face, you persevere. It's those small goals that are not big enough to help you overcome these obstacles. But when you have big goals and you hit an obstacle, the obstacle becomes an opportunity and you keep pushing forward. So those are the three tips I would share with your audience. Dude, that was fucking powerful. That got me so fired up for the rest of my day. And I think that's a beautiful lesson, turning obstacles into opportunities. And Ben, no one has really done that better than you. You really have embodied that in such a profound way, you know, from that time when you were 23, 24 years old and you were really at rock bottom and you had 
all of the toxic thoughts about yourself and thinking about taking your own life and in such a dark place. And you were able to turn that into an opportunity to create your own narrative, create your own story, be the movie star of your own life. And what's so beautiful about that is that now you're helping other people, you're empowering other people to go down that same journey. And I'm just so grateful for your impact and influence in the world, brother. So thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, Jeremy, that, that means so much to me, brother. I admire you and the work that you're doing. You've built such an amazing community. I hope your audience knows, the Thrive University audience, that you are blessed to have Jeremy show up for you and get all these guests. And Jeremy is somebody who I admire because he shows up. He, he always shows up and he doesn't make excuses. He shows up with energy. He shows up with heart. And you're doing such a service to this world. And I'm grateful to, it's our goal, Jeremy. It's our goal to hit the 1 billion people. It's not just my goal, it's your goal. And we're going to do it with collaborations like this. Let's just keep creating. Let's keep pushing forward. And I appreciate you, brother. Fuck yeah. Guys, you already know what time it is. It's time to be the movie star of your fucking movie. It's time to be the author of your book. It's time to take full ownership of your life and thrive. Let's get it. Peace. Thank you so much for listening until the end of the show. I hope you got as much value from that episode as I did because I took over four pages of notes and that's usually how it goes when I spend time with Ben. He is such a brilliant mind in the health and wellness space. And like I said, I'm so grateful that you had the opportunity to spend time with both of us today. So as always, it would mean the world if you could subscribe, share, and leave a review for the show. It genuinely means the world and it helps us impact more lives. It help us, helps us reach more people. And I know it seems like such a trivial and significant gesture, but trust me when I say it means the world. And word of mouth is my oxygen. And family, Thrive Tribe, I need to breathe. I need to keep being able to show up in a powerful way for you and the rest of this amazing community. So please, please, if you feel inspired, show some love. And I can't wait until next time. You already know what time it is. It's time to take full ownership of your health and start thriving.